Understanding CBD, brought to you by Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. Baltimore is listening. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Understanding CBD, brought to you by Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. Here's Max and Steven. Understanding CBD this beautiful Sunday. Hello, Max Sobel. Howdy, Stephen Woman. Great to see you again here, my friend, this beautiful Sunday afternoon. You know, we're here live every Sunday um, here at uh, Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Um, gentle reminder to everyone that not for you not to take any information that we discussed today or that's said as professional medical or legal advice, right? That's right. The only people that give financial advice around here is the notorious ROD, otherwise known as <laughs> Rod, Rod Barrowi. That is right. Um, so we're live, as I mentioned. Um, we have Pe- uh, Pepe filling in today, uh, taking your calls. The number to call if you'd like to ask any questions today um, or just tell us a story, whatever. We're always here for you. The number is 410-922-6680. And like I mentioned, Pepe's here um, holding the fort down while Noah's on break. Um, and uh, it's going to be an exciting show today, so make sure you know the number and you have your phone ready. And um, if you're not listening or you're listening to the radio, you need to move around. There's other ways to listen, right, Max? Hop on www.understandingcbd.com, and there's a Listen Live button that you can click, and then that way you can listen to the show streaming. Um, you can also catch all previous episodes there, and you can see us on video. That's right. Um, video is also on YouTube, so if you're able to get to YouTube and watch it, make sure you click the like, subscribe to our channel, and share the video. There's a notification bell, too, you can hit to make sure you're alerted to it. That just helps us get this information out to people that need it. That's right. Yeah, so make sure you hit that down there. Right? Ding, ding. Something like that. Um, Max, tell us about your song selection this week. Pepe, can you hear me properly in these earphones? I sound a little silent to myself. Okay, very good. Just checking. Thank you. So, song. I mean, your, your voice does sound a little low. It sounds so. a little low. Yeah, right? I don't know. Maybe bring it close to your face. I'm I mean, not sure. Okay. You always do it that way, though, right? Yeah, I always do it. Nothing like different. That, okay. That. No. Anyway, sorry about that, folks. Um, Steelers Wheel, 1972, stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> great song. It's <laughs> right? a great song. Um, fans, super fans, will know uh, Quentin Tarantino's debut into the movie business. Um, he did a, a movie called Reservoir Dogs, and that really be- got that song popular. So, for anybody that knows Quentin Tarantino before Pulp Fiction, that was 
was his first movie. Love that movie yeah. and that song also. I didn't know the history to it either, but uh, I'm stuck in the middle with you every day. You yeah, know, so. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, good choice, good choice. Thanks. Um, all right, so today we're going to bring you a topic that is uh, usually in the dark. You know, we're going to shed some light on some things, um, something we never talked about on the show before, and that's addiction and recovery. Um, but before we dive into our special guest today, I want you to know Doc G is back this week, um, and he'll, he'll be supporting this topic as well um, from a physician perspective and how CBD fits into addiction and recovery. So it's going to be real helpful to have that professional opinion uh, from the good doctor. For those of you that don't know, um, his real name is Dr. Benjamin Gonzalez, Medical Director, Atlantis Medical Wellness Center. Um, we look forward to bringing him in later. Following that, we'll be pulling a question from our mail sack. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that. Um, we always have some interesting questions from our listeners, guests, and customers, and friends, whoever uh, reaches out to us during the week. Um, and also, so here, as we close the door on Women's History Month, Max, it's been, we've had some really great guests uh, this month. We have. We've had some really great great guests, some great information, and just people that told incredible stories. And, you know, speaking of incredible stories, we'd like to introduce you all to Janine Smith. And Janine is a peer in recovery, um, as she uh, so eloquently refers to herself as, and she's been helping others uh, on this path for over 30 years. She works actually right here in Pikesville, and she's a certified recovery coach. A wonderful person. She's local here. She makes herself available to anyone. She is truly a beautiful person inside and out. Um, she's here with us today to shed some light on addiction and the recovery process. So, Janine, I'd like to offer you the warmest of welcomes to Understanding CBD. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Can you all hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you great. We can hear okay. you perfect. Yeah, it's uh, it's for the, we have a video, so the listeners, we record the video, but it's a silent video, and then we record, um, like Pepe's producing the show and recording the audio, and then afterwards we merge it with some awesome uh, technology in the background, and we got some good people on the staff that can do that. So we can hear you perfectly so much, and we're honored to have you on the show today, Jeannie. Thank you so much for, for making, making yourself available because we really want to talk about this topic, um, and there's no one else I could, I could see better to do this. Um, um, and, you know, Janine, I know it was a long time ago for you, and it probably seems like another lifetime, um, but are you comfortable sharing with us um, how you ended up in recovery to begin with? Um, sure, it's no problem. So just to start on the front end, so I'm actually in my 33rd year of recovery. Um, I got clean when I was 28, and I'm now 60, so that comes to be 33 years, or in my 33rd year. So October 2nd is my clean date. Congratulations. So if I'm fortunate enough to live that long, I will have 33 years at that time. Um, I am so grateful to be in recovery after 15 years of drinking and drugging, homelessness, in and out of jail, and just being an all-around rotten person. <laughs> That's kind of who I was. Um but, you know, it was at the end of my active addiction where I, and I've shared it with you all before, that I basically wanted to die. Um, that's where it took me. My drinking and drugging took me to that place. And um, now being at a place in my recovery where I can help other people. As a matter of fact, I actually just got off the phone with somebody before I jumped on with you all um, Someone reached out to me because they weren't sure what else to do with themselves. And so I told them I had to, you know, get off the phone. We talked for a little bit, but then I'm going to call them back when we're done here um, with some resources. But I absolutely live and dedicate my life to 
helping the newcomer in particular, helping anybody. But my heart is really filled with the thought of helping anybody who's been struggling um, because I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to feel like you can't do it. And I'm telling anybody, anywhere, if I can do it, so can you. So, so that's so, kind of where I am in a nutshell with it. So things got pretty bad for you. And I know it's hard for people to really reflect back on on themselves to say, hey, now's the time I need to help. What was it? Was there a specific thing, an, an event that happened for you that you said, hey, now I know this is the time for me to step up and get some help? Um, I mean, well, like I said, for me, it was just coming into a place where I was ready to commit suicide. Like, that's where it took me. All kinds of people had tried to help me. Um, I had been to counseling before, and I had never been to rehab before. So that was actually a new phenomenon for me, was to actually seek out a treatment center and get some help. There wasn't anything specific um, that catapulted me into, you know, treatment other than the fact that I really didn't want to die. I just wanted the pain to stop. And I think that's probably um, the biggest piece of it. You know, for me, I really didn't want to die. I just wanted the pain to stop. Hmm. And in my mind, that's where it led me. So to think about going into a treatment center, it was kind of like my last stop. If that didn't work, I guarantee you I wouldn't be here right now. Was there, was there any family support or any sort of family presence during that time? I mean, Yes, I mean, I always had some family support, but my relationships were very strained with my family um, to a point where a lot of my family really didn't want to have anything to do with me, um, definitely didn't trust me, um, and I couldn't be trusted. Right By rights, they should not have trusted me because I was an untrustworthy person. I would steal as soon as you bat your eyes. So I wasn't welcomed. Um, in a lot of my family's homes. Yeah, and that perspective is um, important, too, because a lot of people have um, people in their family that are struggling. And um, it's hard to know what to do from um, a support perspective because a lot of times when you keep um, reminding someone, hey, you're doing the wrong things, you need to get straight, sometimes that can backfire. What's, what do you say about that to people that have loved ones there? That you know, How can you best support someone in that situation? Um, well, honestly, I think that my family was probably doing the best that they could do at that time. Um, you know, they shouldn't have let me in their homes. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I could not be helped that way. I mean, I would steal. I would lie. I would cheat. I did whatever it is that I needed to do. Um, you know, what would I tell a family member um, whose other family member is struggling? And, and you know what? from a perspective of empowerment, um, I would tell that family member that they need to distance themselves from that individual. Mm. Um, because honestly, um, family can't really help us in those situations. Um, you know, I would guilt people into helping me. You know, like, oh, if you don't give me money, I'm going to, you know, it's just a lot of a, a lot of insanity. So I think for a family who has a family member who's struggling, they need to find support. They need to find a support group so that they can be strong enough to tell their loved one no more. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's good. That's really good advice because it sounds like from you, it's an internal motivation that needs to make that change. Now, you know, getting through recovery and um, and and that being, you know, changing your life and actually sustaining your life and, and a blessing to be here. Um, that is different from then actually becoming a recovery coach. Um, what made you want to become a recovery coach, and and what's that process like? Well, it, it, it's a five-day training that you have to go through, and it's um, really where you kind of learn to embrace a person's personal um, path and personal choices of recovery. Um, I know that I had grown up in Narcotics Anonymous, and maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know if that's – maybe I shouldn't have said that. Anyway. I in a 12-step program. Right. Yeah, I grew up through 12-step recovery. There you go. And, um, you know, it saved my life. There's no question about it. It saved my life. Um, but there are certain ideals that, you know, follow up with 12-step recovery that don't necessarily coincide with um, what a, uh, a recovery coach embraces. And a recovery coach absolutely embraces um, a person's personal choices, um, and provide support through that way, you know, yeah. model recovering behavior, um, um, you know, life skills, you know, different things like that. Yeah, and, and Janine, we have so much more to go through. If you haven't realized, this is our first break here, so we need to take a, a break. We'll be right back after the commercial, and um, we have a lot more to dig into here with Janine, yeah. so stay right there. more of Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Take me to heart And I'll always love you And oh All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Janine Smith, certified recovery coach on Understanding CBD. Almost a tear in my eye on that song. It's such a beautiful song. And Janine selected that uh, for, for you listeners, listening audience. Beautiful so, song. Um, beautiful song. Thanks for that selection, Janine. It's beautiful. Um, and uh, you want to tell, what's the name of the song and the artist? It, it, well, it's Aretha Franklin, and it's Do Right Woman. All right, Power Do Right Woman. appropriate for the month, right? Absolutely, right. and a powerful song. So if you're uh, just tuning in, like I mentioned, we're with Janine Smith here on Understanding CBD, a certified recovery coach. We're talking about addiction and recovery. 
Um, I'm here with my man, Max Sobel. Um, I'm Stephen Wallman. We have the phone lines open, 410-922-6680. If you are um, looking for some help for you, um, if you need help for someone else, um, feel free to give that call, uh, that number a call now. We can definitely guide you in the right direction. Um, other than that, we're going to get back to business here. we got a lot to cover here with Janine. And you know, Janine, it's, it's relevant. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast um, last night or yesterday, um, and he was interviewing one of my kids' favorite um, performers, Demi Lovato. She was a a, de- uh, a, uh, a Disney star back in the day, and I'm sure she's grown up to do a lot more stuff. Well, she had a she's been in and out of recovery. She struggled with bulimia. Um, she had a, a, a relapse pretty bad and and almost died. Um, she had a, a stroke or multiple strokes, heart attack. Um, and, uh, you know, she's recovering now and part of her recovery, she says she is to quote her California sober. Um, and, and with her, that term means that, uh, she's incorporating cannabis in her recovery plan. Uh, you know, define, defining what, you know, the California recovery is now, um, Joe Rogan's perspective was that, uh, the typical traditional 12 step programs want absolutes. Um, they want you to be helpless in the face of your addiction and completely eliminate everything. Um, and I'm really, uh, I'd love to get your perspective on, on this. Well, um, you know, I look at the, the cannabis route as I would almost any other MAT, which is a medically, um, um, a medically assistant treatment. You know what I mean? Um, I look at that as a tool, as a person would also look at the Vivitrol shot as a possible avenue for their recovery, as well as Suboxone, uh, Methadone. Um, for me personally, I don't subscribe to any of it. I subscribe to a um, a basically an all abstinence based program. However, that's my personal feeling. Um, I support anyone in whatever route they want to take. I have talked to people who have used CBD oil and they speak very highly of it. Um, I have not yet tried that, but I'm not closed to it either. You know, um, it wouldn't be fair for me to tell somebody else what they should or should not do. Um, I do believe that, you know, when it comes to maybe working with a newcomer, a person who's very new in recovery, that that would have to definitely be a conversation between that individual and their doctor. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to me what jumped out is the risk of relapse. And uh, what I've, uh, you know, the studies show within the first year in recovery, it's almost a 50 percent chance that that person is going to relapse. And, um, you know, even, a, you know, personal story, my cousin, um, you know, it didn't turn out well for him um, on his relapse. So, you know, he's not here today. And I think, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, that there are certain programs that can take you down different roads. And Demi Lovato says that for her, um, in her recovery, because she still feels like she's always remembers feeling depressed and, and sad and lonely and having, you know, not good thoughts for her, it it was Mm -hmm. able to at least, um, cannabis was able to at least give her, um, a, a good feeling and, and knowing that it's there, was was enough for her to keep going. So just can shed some light because I haven't been through any twelve step programs. Um, mm-hmm. are, are are there ones that you um, 
you know, look at it like you do, like you're coaching, you're looking at that individual. Um, are there some that aren't that flexible? Somewhat. Um, some programs that if someone's looking for help, I mean, are there certain types where you go in and you, uh, like, as an example, like when you go to a, a rehab program, do they allow um, other, other like if you go in, let's say I'm trying to get off of cocaine and, or heroin, um, do they allow drugs like uh, caffeine, nicotine, um, and sugar that can be stimulants? Or do you go, um, you know? Honestly, uh, the rehabs that I know about, um, the sugar content is very low, very low to none. Um, they don't allow smoking inside the facility, smoking cigarettes I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but there may be like smoking areas where they can smoke. Um, as far as maybe detoxing, um, you know, there are substances that are used to help a person to detox. But um, I don't know of any personal treatment centers that would subscribe to, um, you know, marijuana as a, as a use or um, even Suboxone inside. You know, they may write scripts and things like that for after for some people. All treatment centers don't do that. There are a few. Um, I don't know of personally, but there are some that that would. So, so when someone reaches out to you and they're, you know, they're at the point, hey, you know, I'm I'm done with this. I need help. I know I need help. What's the first step? What kind of questions do you ask them? And what what sort of what should they expect? Well, I mean, if I'm talking to someone, I'm gonna want to get a little history on what their usage has been like, maybe a little bit of background on their family um, and just how they've been overall feeling about themselves. Um, I may try to direct a person to a 12-step meeting uh, because that's what what I've done primarily. I'm going to do what what has worked for me and, you know, I'm going to direct them either to a treatment center. I can link them, you know, to a resource where maybe they can get into treatment. I've helped some people um, find ways to get into treatment, um, even those individuals that, that may not even have insurance, because um, that's uh, a deterrent for some people. There's a lot of folks who have been using hardcore for a really long time that are not working, so they don't have insurance. So um, I've been fortunate enough to have some resources where I can help a person, at least guide them in that direction to um, um, getting some help. We also have a Facebook page, which is um, called the One Voice Recovery Community Center. Um, We have an actual uh, wellness and recovery center, but due to the pandemic, we've had to close our doors. So we have, when I say we, I'm talking about a peer specialist who works with me, and we developed a Facebook page. So we invite people to come there and we link resources there. We do fun stuff there. We have Zoom groups. We have one-on-one. So for us, it's primarily just talking. We talk and we listen. And from that, we'll point people in in different directions. But uh, the camaraderie of our page has been instrumental, I think, for a lot of people who have been really isolated through this pandemic, not really knowing where to go or not having linkages to um, 12-step meetings through Zoom. And we have access to all of that. That's fantastic. And, you know, I think one of the 
challenges that um, people using drugs um, and alcohol and whatnot have a hard time saying, hey, am I um, just abusing the drug or am I an addict? Um, Is there an easy, like, how do you differentiate the two? You know, because I know, you know, I've used, I used to bartend and, um, you know, used to smoke cigarettes and, and do all that, you know, but at the same time I was, you know, continuing with my life and it didn't seem to be a problem for me until it did. And then, you know, I, I was able to move forward in, in my life and make those decisions. But, how, you know, how do similar, you... Similar to even, like, functional alcoholics. I mean, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that, 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 that mm-hmm. live that life, and I know some. And, you know, so how do you, you know, how, how do you make that differentiation if you can? Well, I mean, I think every person has to make that decision for themselves. And I think there's definitely something to be said for having an addictive personality. Um, you know, somebody like myself, and I use myself as the example... You know, when I used to do it, oh, I'm just going to go out for a beer, one, one beer, and I do one beer. But then once I do the one beer and that feeling begins to, that relaxing, that kind of feeling begins to take over, then I want to do another one. Well, if I feel this good on two, then five is going to be even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, sure. it's the obsessive and compulsion of of wanting to use, never having enough. Um, And like I said, every person has to make that decision for themselves. I think if a person were to look back at their history of drinking and drugging and, you know, where did you go from that? And what happened as a result for me? What happened as a result of my drinking and drugging? I got completely out of, you know, lost control of everything. Um, couldn't keep a job. My relationships with family were terrible. Um, and it never stopped. It didn't stop me. So like the consequences of my drinking and drugging were never enough to make me want to stop doing what I was doing. I think that's an indication that there's a problem. You know what I mean? If, if you can see your life slowly like unraveling and it's getting worse and worse and worse and you still do it anyway, that's a problem. Uh, now, do you specifically work with people that are abusing drugs? As an example, if you have a gambling addiction, um, is is you know, or like more of a behavioral type of addiction versus a substance abuse? Is is that a differentiation in the treatment? Um, there may be some slight differences, but an addiction is an addiction. I mean, and that's how I look at it. An addiction, whether it be food whether it be alcohol, whether it be other drugs, whether it be sex, gambling. I mean, it's an addictive type personality. And um, I think that those addictions can be treated very similarly. Yeah. How do you how do you measure progress while in recovery? How do I measure my own progress? Or how would I measure somebody else's progress? Yeah, I guess the question is both. Okay. So how I measure measure my own progress is well, it's more than abstinence because um, I think anybody can stop doing something for a little while, you know, um, but it's about the quality of my life. The quality of my life over years has gotten significantly better. I like what I see in the mirror. I'm happy to wake up. The birds don't make me mad. <laughs> birds used to irritate the heck out of me because it was like a signal in my mind that I had to stop because now it's the next day. Um, 
So I like the night. I like the day. I like people. Like, I love people, you know, and and I can hold a job and be responsible. So the quality of my life is awesome. How would I, you know, judge somebody else's life in the same way? I would talk to them about, you know, the goals that you're meeting and how are you feeling. It's really about how we're feeling. If I'm just abstinent, but I'm not doing anything else, I'm still cranky and I'm still complaining and I still hate everybody, that's not recovering. That's just abstinence. So there is a distinct difference between being in recovery and simply being abstinent. Okay, Janine, you know, you've been great as a guest, and if you can imagine, we're, we're coming to the end of our, sec- our section here, and hopefully we can have you back on again. Um, but before we let you go, um, can you give us um, and our listeners a phone number, an email, or some way that people can get in touch and get some help when they need it? Absolutely. So my phone number is 410-689-5833. You can call me direct. That's my personal cell phone number. Um, The personal cell phone number of my peer specialist, who is Susan Michaels, her phone number is 443-839-8322. And my email address my personal email, it's, well, it's the word clean. Can you believe that? <laughs> C-L-E-A-N-J-A-21 at yahoo.com. Beautiful. And we'll make sure to post that on the YouTube video as well. Um, Janine, I can't thank you enough for making some time to be here today. Great topic, and you did phenomenal. It thank you so a, much. It takes a special person to do what you do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. Stay with us. We're back with Doc G. And now more of Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back, everyone. What a great show we've got so far. This is Understanding CBD. We're here with uh, our favorite Doc G, real name Dr. Benjamin Gonzalez, medical director at Atlantis Medical Wellness Center. Hey, Doc G, welcome back this week. How are you? Another day in paradise. I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Great, great. You're looking beautiful as always. Great, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, you need to get new glasses. All right. I am Dr. Ben Gonzalez, and this is Dr. G's Corner. Addiction comes in many forms. There's a general misconception of addiction as a moral rather than a medical problem. As a physician who takes, who's taking care of uh, the extremes of addiction, I've come to the understanding that distinguishing the term or the noun addict from the disease addiction goes way beyond semantics or, or political correctness. This misunderstanding of distinguishing immoral behavior and a medical disease process helps distinguish the misconceptions of how an addiction should be managed and how it should be thought of. I know this is heavy, but in today's world of increased social media and rapid dissemination of information, misconceptions with addictive behavior become, well, they become false beliefs or dogma. The definition of addiction is the inability to stop consuming a substance or activity, even though it is causing physiologic or psychological harm. This can be a a genetic predisposition or a learned process. 
whether it's drugs, alcohol, food addictive behavior, or the pathways in the brain, all the pathways in the brain are similar. For example, the brain nerve centers for cocaine or opioid addiction are also the same areas for food addiction. You know, that inability to stop eating salt, sugar, and fats, it's the same nerves that feed cocaine addiction. Sometimes just presenting that knowledge to my patients who struggle with obesity or weight or with food addictive behavior is a relief to them knowing that this is not a moral or self-control issue. This is a real medical issue. And if it is a real medical issue, then there can be tools to help. Many tools come in the form of medications. Ironically, some of these medications have addictive side effects. People are told the potential side effects outweigh the issues associated with the addiction. And this is usually true in the short run. But what about long-term success? My patients who want to quit smoking or stop taking prescription pain medications or stop their uncontrolled eating behavior all have similar difficulties of addiction. I've found that a full-spectrum CBD oil can be a powerful tool, not only to help with the addiction, but help heal the damage of the addiction with, with CBD's antioxidant and nerve healing properties that, like, that you know, things that I've talked about in the past. Dr. G. Cornerspot. CBD can also help manage the anxiety of addiction directly as well. This is a powerful combination towards improved health. Um, a human study published in 2019 in the American Journal of Psychiatry looked at CBD and found that a single dose of CBD once a day helped alleviate the anxiety of that addiction. And if the anxiety level was decreased, then this allowed for the ability to stop the addiction or the addictive behavior and increase the success for the prevention of relapse. And this works for the extremes of smoking or opioid addiction to the more subtle issues of food addiction, whether it is genetic or not. And this is powerful. So if you have any questions concerning the use of CBD for food addictive behavior, smoking, alcohol, prescription or illicit drug use, or any other medical issue, you can call my clinic at 301-622-2722 to set up a telephone appointment, and, and I will be happy to answer your questions. That's 301-622-2722. And mention you heard me on this program. You can also direct message me on Instagram as well. Just search Ben Gonzalez, that's one word, B-E-N-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z -E -E underscore M-D. Well, guys, I hope that helped, and uh, have a good rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, Dr. I have one more question for you, because we yeah, get anything. this often. Um, when someone is uh, in recovery and they're getting drug tested, um, taking a full-spectrum CBD oil, what sort of advice do you give them? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. So um, it does not come up on drug testing. The THC is less than 0.3%, and you'd have to uh, – I mean, and, and the key is ensuring – that there's a certificate of analysis, you got a high quality full spectrum CBD oil. So, um, but you'll have to speak to your um, doctor directly and, and bring that product to your doctor or someone who understands that before um, you start taking CBD, especially if you're getting drug testing. I hope that made sense. It does. Thanks for the uh, the advice there. And you can always call Doc G. He's made himself available. You mentioned uh, Max and I, and he treats extra special. <laughs> All right, you guys. All right, Doc. Talk to you next week. Thanks again. Thanks, Doc. Stay right back. We got mail sack coming up right for you. Start digging now. Russell, Russell.
Now more of Understanding CBD with Max and Stephen on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before we head into what we would normally be doing now, we got an urgent announcement, right, Stephen? We got an urgent message we want to share yeah, with you. Yeah, see, I got an apologize. I made a misrepresentation earlier. Um, my daughter, Taylor Wallman, is not a fan of Demi Lovato, okay? That's just what she wanted to make sure I made clear. Okay. Thank you. We needed to make <laughs> okay. that public. I appreciate it. <laughs> and now, without further ado, this segment is called... Ailsa! Oh. You've got mail. Thank you, Peppy. Great job. Appreciate that. And uh, man, we, we, we're we happy to be with you every single Sunday. This is our segment we call Mail Sack. As everyone knows, we're, our goal here is to bridge, uh, build the bridge between people and cannabis. And, you know, this is the time when we get to talk about our company. So before I get started, I'd just like to throw our phone number out there. And you can call or text that anytime. And that's 443-743-2444. We'll give you that one more time. 443 743 Two four four four. All right, and so we got a note this week in our mail sack, Stephen. Thank you. Digging the mail sack here. The sound effects, I love it. And the note is from a Stacy from Lou's, Delaware. So the note is: Ever since my divorce, I've had troubles falling asleep. I'm busy all day putting my life back together. You name it, and I'm worried about it. Finances are a big worry, as they are for everyone. By the time it's bedtime, I'm too wound up with racing thoughts. It's hard to get to sleep, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My doctor put me on Xanax, but I don't like the side effects. So, any suggestions to us? And Stephen was kind enough to respond to her. Yeah, and it's a question we get a lot. Um, life changes can be stressful. We're all going through life changes, and they all can be stressful. And generally, um, you know, if if you just took a bottle of CBD by itself, it's not a it's not a magic pill, right? No, it's not exactly. going to do it do it alone. But the, our general recommendation is first, you know, I'm sorry that you know, Stacy, you're going through a, a difficult time. Um, but uh, number one thing is you are strong enough to get through this. And uh, with the right tools. So obviously a full spectrum CBD oil that, that's going to be helpful for you. But in addition, take some time, uh, take a deep breath. Um, but let's be honest, you know, these uncomfortable times that are presented to us are really when the exciting things really happen. And look at it as an opportunity for you um, to restructure. There's a, there's a reason uh, that this situation arised for you. And if looking at it in a positive way can be a good way to, to start getting through it. But what, what I suggest is at least start with um, uh, our bottle. Uh, it's marked on the dropper at a quarter milliliter. Uh, it's 0.25 underneath your tongue. Now, people do two different things. I believe, um, and it's worked best for me, that when you use CBD, your body wants to be balanced throughout the day, uh, homeostasis. So if you take small servings throughout the day, when it gets time for bedtime, it's not a big wind-up and letdown. So you're sort of managing it through the time but max some people also take it right before bed yeah they t i take it right before bed um actually i take it throughout the day but right before bed i tend to take a little bit more i also take it situationally as you know if i get a headache or something i like to supplement a little bit with a little little bit of cbd under my tongue as well yeah and on the other thing to mention about uh, xanax and some of those those powerful drugs is you never want to just stop taking them without talking to your physician as well um you want to make sure that you do have a plan to exit out of that um, solution yeah. that they've given you. So you never want to just stop. A lot of times they recommend sort of a blended a blended approach. You know, you start using CBD a little bit and then maybe reduce the frequency that you're taking the other. 
Yeah, you know? it's it's just such a popular subject because when people come to us and they're looking for help, right, and they potentially want to get off the prescription medication, but we can never recommend that. But if you're open to an all-natural solution, there's no reason not to. And that's really, I think, the moral of the story. And hopefully we're able to help uh, Stacy in Delaware, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, she's definitely been able to uh, use the product. And over time, uh, you know, we'll see. Let's just let's it, hope it, she stays with And it. let's mention, because you did mention physicians. So is, there are physicians out there that are either uncomfortable talking about the subject or they're not informed. And let's mention that Dr. Ben Gonzalez, who joins us here every week, does make himself available. So if for whatever reason you can't or don't feel comfortable having that conversation with your health professional or physician, you can always reach out to Doc J. He has maybe a decade of experience in uh, clinical experience with his patients using CBD oil. So he's a great resource. He's right here in Maryland. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you or someone, you know, it's a great, great advice, Max. Yeah, he's very responsive. You can do telecalls with him, I'm sure, and he'll, he'll really set you in the right direction. But, mm-hmm. wow, what a show. Um, Janine Smith was amazing. I, we, we were just talking about we have to have her back, right? I mean, she, We have a list of questions. We barely got to half of them. Barely got to half of them. And it's, it's one of those types of situations where, you know, she's, she's, when we had our pre-meeting with her and we talked to her ahead of time, she was such a wonderful person with such a beautiful story and such a positive attitude that when we were trying to condense and figure out all the things that we were going to ask her, it was actually difficult because... She's just she's she's more than you can imagine. We'll have her back to tell the rest of her story. Yes, yeah. So thanks, Janine, um, Doc G. Thank you as always for um, for doing what you do and coming in and giving us some um, physicians' experience on this topic of addiction recovery and how CBD plays a role in that because it's critical to understand that um, you know there is a role for it there and uh, how it fits in to other solutions because it's newer. People just don't know, so they should. Definitely use it in their bag of tricks as a tool as opposed to being afraid of it and saying that it's just another drug um, and not actually a sacred plant. Yeah, and, and, and so Janine indicated that at her specific recovery center or ones that she's familiar with are not necessarily open to CBD. It doesn't mean that others are not, and it doesn't mean that you can speak to a health professional and get some good guidance. Yeah, and that, and that, you know, for me, the biggest thing when, you know, researching the show was the relapse, and that first year, 50% of people relapse. Um, I, I think you really need to look at the tools available to make sure that that doesn't happen, and, and you can get through that hard. Because after, after the first year, it drops considerably, almost to 20%. And it's not like we don't know that. It's very common. Anyway, we want to thank our sponsors, Max and Stevens Premium Hemp Extracts. Um, Again, the number to call or text us is 443-743-2444. Please visit www.maxandstevens.com. Pick up a bottle for yourself, a loved one, a pet, um, anybody that you care about. We appreciate you. Check out understandingcbd.com for all past episodes. Uh, We're on all the podcast services. God bless you. Have a great week. And God bless you, Peppy. Great job this week, man. You did a great job filling in. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.